Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now to take a look at headlines out of the region and our regional roundup. And it's been the narrative for the past few days, in fact, the past few weeks, where all eyes are on China. Southeast Asian businesses and investors will want to watch how demand is panning out on the back of the world's second largest economy reopening. And also, how will ASEAN nations fare economically in the year ahead as other pertinent issues take center stage with this post-COVID recovery underway globally in that sense. On the line with me this morning to talk about this is Dr. Siwage Dharma Negara, who is Senior Fellow at ESIA's Yusuf Ishak Institute. Uh, good morning, Dr. Siwage. How are you? Hey, hey good morning. I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you very much uh, for helping me out with this. Uh, the narrative, of course, seems to be all on China and its reopening. Let's talk about economic-wise, right? A lot of analysts believe that demand for essential commodities is going to pick up. Yes, that's expected. Uh, Whether or not supply can meet that is another issue. What kind of pace are we looking at here? How fast does the world want to go back to normal? Yes, that is a good question. And uh, yeah, everybody is still wondering how the uh, reopening will affect China COVID cases and how soon China can control this infection and reach the the peak and then uh, reach herd immunity. Mm. So when you ask about how the pace of the increase in demand depends on uh, also what happened to in China, right? If the, the COVID is uncontrollable, then maybe we don't expect the rapid pace of increased demand. But if China managed to control the, the COVID uh, quickly, and yeah, I think we should expect that uh, it will be faster. They, they can increase the demand of essential commodities like uh, food, maybe energy and mm. other minerals and commodities. Mm. Uh, we're expecting some inflation data out of China tomorrow, as well as the United States. And this morning, we're uh, seeing reports of how the World Bank has slashed its uh, 2023 growth forecasts, basically giving us a warning that a recession is on the way. Um, amid the inflation woes, uh, when we look at the Southeast Asian region, Doctor, which region do you think or, or which country do you think is possibly going to be the hardest hit by this potential recession? Yes, I think uh, the recession is caused by the slowing down of the economy in the West, like mm. especially in, in Europe, in the U.S. So uh, countries that are related, uh, highly related to these economies will be highly affected. So if we see Singapore that uh, have uh, high uh, kind of uh, economic relation with EU and uh, the U.S., so you know, we should expect that Singapore may also get a significant impact of the uh, the recession in the the two regions. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we expect that China can recover quickly, then uh, it may be able to compensate the uh, slow growth in EU, uh, Europe, and also in the US. So uh, the net effect is still unclear, depending again on how fast and how strong China can recover after the reopening.
Mm, it always comes back down to that. Uh, now, Doctor, I know you're a bit of a specialist where Indonesia is concerned. Very interesting prospect because we look at how they handled the pandemic, criticism aside, uh, they managed to sustain that economic performance, open up their borders, even though there was some level of risk. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how they've lifted uh, COVID-19 public activity restrictions to ease public mobility. Uh, this was on the 30th of December 2022 last year. This is definitely going to be one of the key factors, you know, as far as the economic resilience heading into 2023 is concerned. What are you observing here? Yes, I think in terms of economic resilience, Indonesia has like actually started since... Uh, uh, I think 2021 because mm-hmm. uh, the government provide support uh, program for for the the poor and the, the consumers through cash transfers and then food program employment uh, program. So uh, this kind of uh, government spending has been boosted during the pandemic, to, uh, the two year of the pandemic, and the government continues providing social assistance program. So that's actually really uh, helped the economy. Uh, unlike in China, Indonesia didn't apply strict lockdown policy. That's also helped the economy to get a kind of breathing space during the the, uh, the pandemic, the slowdown of the economy. So, um, yeah, the, the opening on the 30th of December last year mm. is is actually doesn't really have a significant impact because again the the restriction is not that uh, strict uh, yeah. in in terms of the implementation. So even before the government decided to lift all this uh, restriction completely, the public has already started like their uh, normal activity, yeah, yeah. and we, we can see that all, all the traffic has already yeah. uh, back to normal. To the, the, the traffic jam and also people are. Uh, the crowding uh, in the uh, kind of market and public mm, spaces. Mm. So that's uh, the sign that the economy has been uh, moving back to normal. It's very true, uh, Dr. Suwage. I mean, I was in, I mean, we just take Bali, for example. I was in Bali uh, last month in December. And you can see the difference between like a, a seminyak where some businesses have closed, uh, but an area like Changu where it's it's really blossomed. You have these little quaint um, sort of cafes and all that. Um, Correct. Digital nomads, a lot of them there as well. What does this, how does this play out in, into the whole idea of foreign direct investments into Indonesia? I mean, I have some friends thinking about, uh, and they, they own startups, right? They're thinking about just moving to somewhere like Bali, set up shop there and, and live and live life. <laughs> what are your thoughts there? Yes, uh, the government actually see the trends that people, uh, you mentioned digital nomad, mm. they choose uh, specific areas that they can uh, work and then they feel like they can work productively, effectively, like Bali, or actually areas not only in Bali, but other other places in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, I think the, the trends is there and the government would like to uh, take advantage of the new trend of the uh, work from everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, they uh, try to give a program to these digital nomads, uh, like visa, second home visa for, for them so that they can stay and work from Indonesia. And yeah, of course, um, everything depends on the uh, good implementation of the uh, kind of uh, post-COVID activities because still 
we we need to be cautious about the returning of the uh, the new pandemic right uh, we, we we cannot think that it, it is over uh, and the government uh, still um, try to encourage the public to remain cautious that uh, yeah covid is still there wear masks and yeah just uh, maintain your hygiene so that uh, yeah I, i think we we better prepare for the the next pandemic yeah i think uh, back to fdi i yeah. think uh, indonesia expect a lot that uh, this this year indonesia will get more fdi especially from china given that china uh, yeah we, we also assume china reopening will uh, boost the economy in in the region so indonesia expect more fdi from china um and just you know zooming out and looking at asean as a whole just one last issue i want to touch on uh, dr suwagi which is uh, asean uh, signing the comprehensive air truck transport agreement with the EU last October. Um, I know it's been a, a couple of months now, but uh, this is going to be quite significant going into the brand new year. Uh, yes, uh, but uh, it, it will take some time to see the real impact, right? Ah. Uh, we, we don't know how the, the travel demand from the, uh, Europe to other, other parts of the world okay. will, will uh, turn out this year because Again, the situation in Europe is that they are having a recession. Yeah. They, they are, uh, the people are predicting the, the difficult uh, period during this time. So I guess this will make them to postpone their uh, travel plan mm-hmm. or um, any activities that not really urgent or priority. So maybe they, they are more concerned about other, other things than traveling at this time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we will see the impact later, uh, how, how soon the Europe can recover from the recession mm. also uh, if we uh, look at the conflict in Ukraine yeah. we, we don't know how, how that developed this year right yeah. and yeah I think the, all, all of this will uh, affect the implementation of the agreement and uh, before the implement, uh, agreement can be implemented then of course ASEAN and EU has to uh, complete the standard and guidelines for the implementation before we, it can be operational So yeah, I think uh, there's uh, uh, another step that we need to uh, con- uh, follow, which is uh, preparing the, the the guidelines and standards for the implementation of the agreement. All right. I've been speaking with uh, Dr. Suwage Damanagera, who is Senior Fellow ISS at Yusuf Ishak Institute. I uh, do appreciate your time this morning, Dr. Suwage. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.